Would you turn please this evening to the book of Luke, Luke 5. We're beginning a new series this evening. Is that okay with you? Luke chapter 5, about verse uh, 12. Luke 5 and 12. It came to pass when he, Jesus, was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Now here is a man who, Dr. Luke, remember Luke was a physician. You know, others just say he had leprosy. Dr. Luke said he was full of leprosy. He gives you more detail. And uh, even today, depending on what is called leprosy, there are situations that men say are incurable. And certainly in this day and age, not only could man not help him, it's a death sentence. But it is also a sentence of being ostracized, being cast out, and not being able to have any fellowship with your family or friends. It's a living death in many ways. And his case is far advanced. He is full of the devilish stuff, this leprosy, awful. And what did he say? He found Jesus. How many know he's already heading the right direction? I mean, if he found Jesus, he, and he said something to the master. What did he say? What did he say? He's talking to Jesus. If you will, you can make me clean. Millions of people who believe in God are right there. Aren't they? That have some form of physical problem in their body. Millions. I could name denomination after denomination And we're not exaggerating. Millions of people who believe in the Lord, who believe in God, who have physical problems, who would like to be healed. Uh, If you heard them praying, it might sound identical to this man right here. Oh God, I know you can heal me. What? If, if you will. Or you can use King James and say, if it be thy will. But same thing, if you will. Now, what did Jesus say? Hmm? Now, we're reading the Bible. This man said he's full of leprosy, incurable. Lord, I know you could heal me if you would, if it was your will, if you would. Jesus, verse 13, are you reading with me? He put forth his hand and touched him. Now that says volumes. The man does not look like anything you want to touch. Did you hear me? His skin is broken, oozing. He looks awful. He probably smells bad. Jesus reaches out his hand. In response to what? Now back up. In response to what? This man coming. And saying, Lord, I know you can make me clean of this terrible stuff. If you would, Jesus reaches out his hand and puts it on his oozing flesh. And says, 
I will. You be clean. Oh, glory to God. What did he say? I will. You be, be thou clean means you be clean. And what happened? And immediately. Hey, hey. Immediately. This leprosy. This living death. This incurable stuff. Huh? Departed from him and he is healed. He is healed. Glory to God. How many believe this really happened? Just like right here. This is no fairy tale. This man lived. Jesus, he met and talked to him. He saw him. This is a historically accurate account. This happened. What's the good news though? Jesus is the same yesterday and right now, right now, right. What if somebody came and fell before the master in here tonight? If you could see him and you said, Lord, I know you can heal me. If you would, what would he tell them? If he wouldn't tell them the same thing he told this man, then he has changed. Or he's a respecter of persons. Neither of which can be so. Because the Bible said he does not change and he is no respecter of persons. If you believe the Bible, then you have to believe that anybody that's asking this question tonight anywhere in the earth... Lord, I know you could heal me if you would. Lord, I know you and please, if it be your will. We have to believe that anybody that's asking that question, if they are listening, we've already got the answer. I will be thou clean. Somebody say, I will. What did the Lord say? Did he ever say, I won't? You cannot find even one. I won't of anybody ever asking him to be healed. In order for something to be scriptural, what do you have to have for it? Scripture. scripture. So, you know, there are people that find fault with us and they don't like what we teach about this. And, but they teach that it's not always God's will to be healed. Where is their scripture? Hmm? They find fault with us, but where is their scripture? We have scripture where Jesus said to people asking him, I know you can if you will. He's telling them, I will. Where is their scripture telling people, I won't? Where is it? Hmm? You cannot find it. It does not exist. And yet that is more commonly held and believed than what you and I believe. There are many, many millions more of Christians believe sometimes he will and sometimes he won't than that believe this. I never read where he said I won't. Have you? Hmm? Can you show me? Can you tell me? I have never read and I've read it several times. I have never seen where he said, I won't. I do see very clearly, and this is not the only place. I do see it very clearly where he tells a man, I will. So that's my answer. I'm satisfied. Hmm? 
If he said, I will then, he's saying, I will now. And he'll say, I will tomorrow. If he said, I will to him, he'll say, I will to you. And I will to me. That's my answer. Glory to God. I'm stirred up tonight. I'm on a mission. We're going to stay with it till we get through. By the Lord's help and grace. And here's the title of our series. God's will to heal. God's will to heal. What did he say? I will. I could just smile about that all night. What did he say? I will. And yet, yet, if we could see it, there are so many hundreds of thousands and millions of people in sick beds and hospital rooms begging God, Lord, I know you can, if you would, if it's your will. And they don't know if it's God's will or not. Hmm? There was a time when I was there. Same place. There was a time when I went around with other ministers and prayed for people. And this is how we prayed, O Lord, heal them, if it be thy will. And if not, thy will be done. And thought we were being submissive to the will of God. And thought we were doing what we should be doing. But I don't pray that way anymore. I don't. Any more than I would ever pray for somebody to get born again and say, Lord, save them if it be thy will. I don't pray that way. Why? Because I have discovered his will. I have found his will. And it's his will. It is not his will that any should perish. It is his will that all should come to repentance. And to the knowledge, the saving knowledge of the master. How do I know that? I got Bible for it. I got scripture for it. So I never pray for anybody if it be thy will to be saved. Do you? Never. Nor do I ever pray for anybody to be healed with an if it be thy will. For I have found in the same Bible... In the same Bible. And not just in this one verse. Oh, you just hold on to your notebook. We loaded for bear. We Are you going to believe with me? We're going to stay on this until any remote thought of doubt about God's will for your healing is going to be like a long, distant dream. It's going to be gone so far. It'll be hard for you to ever remember that you'd question the will of God about healing. Now, if you think you don't agree with this so far, fine. But stay with us. You're not scared, are you? Stay with us. And uh, prepare your case. And put your scriptures together. Hmm? Now, do you know what I mean by that? People feel like we have to prove what we believe. Well, they do too. You prove to us from the Bible 
why it's not God's will for us to be healed. How can you ascertain the will of God? This is a big question. How can we, not just for healing, but for anything. How can we find the will of God? There are so many people who talk about it so mysteriously. Oh, if we only knew the will of God. If we could find the will of God. Well, how are you going to find it? And how are you going to know you got it when you get it? How can you know the will of God? Millions believe that everything that happens is the will of God. Well, they do. Millions of people believe that whatever, you know, if it happens, then some way or another, it was the will of God. And we don't understand it all, but it was his will. Millions believe it. I've had people, you know, we're going to pray for to be healed. And uh, you ask them, do you believe it's God's will for you to be healed? And they say, well, I don't know. I hope so. And you say, well, how would you know? They say, well, I thought you'd pray. And, you know, if I get healed, then that <laughs> it was God's will. And if I didn't, then that meant it wasn't his will. So how are they ascertaining the will of God? Hmm? By results or lack of results. Aren't they? But people don't do that in every other area. They only do it in specific, you know, traditionally slanted areas. People don't do that with salvation now, do they? What if we did that with people getting born again? So how do we know if it's God's will for them to be saved or not? Well, if they make heaven, we'll know it was God's will. And if they bust hell wide open, then we'll know it was not God's will for them to be saved. No, you won't know any such of a thing. Now, this is the most important thing about a man or a woman's life. Are there people who are perishing without the Lord? Is it the will of God? No, it is not. Well, then, is it true that everything that happens is God's will? No. No. And if it's that way with the most important thing, your eternal salvation, why would we think it's so different about something temporal like your healing or like your meeting of your physical needs? No, you cannot ascertain the will of God just by what happens. That is a spiritually irresponsible stance. It's a spiritually lazy position. Oh, it's mighty convenient. Everything that happens, it was the Lord's will. Everything that didn't happen, it was the Lord's will. And you hear people, I'm talking about Christians that you rub shoulders with. You hear people talking about this. They're late. They didn't get something done. They mess up and they go, well, it must have been God's will for you to goof off and watch TV all night and not be ready. Was God's will. Hmm? They're in the floorboard uh, trying to find their cheeseburger that they dropped and run through an intersection and have a wreck and tear up their car. And we don't understand it, but it must have been God's will. Really? It was God's will for you to be looking for a cheeseburger in the floorboard. 
and have a wreck. Do you see what I'm talking about? Well, we just don't understand all these things, but you know, everything happens for a reason. Have you heard that before? Everything happens for a reason. (laughs) That's like saying the sun shines and we can see. We get in water and it's wet. You haven't said anything. Well, sure, there's a reason. The reason could be you were dumb. (laughs) You weren't paying attention. Huh? Reason could be you didn't listen to God. But see, prideful people, they don't want to take responsibility for anything. And so it's very convenient that everything that happens is mysteriously the will of God. And what's so convenient about it is I never get called for anything. I never get called on anything. I'm never held accountable for anything. Why? Because, hey, it was the will of God. And we don't know why it all happened or didn't happen. But, hey, don't question the will of God. Which is a very subtle way of saying, don't ask me any more questions about it. Or make me have to answer or face it or deal with it. Very convenient. But a lie. And a deception. I'm asking and answering the question, how can we find the will of God? How can we ascertain the will of God? Because millions, you know, millions of people believe what we've been talking about. That, well, uh, whatever happens, if they get healed, well, then it was the will of God. If they didn't get healed, then it must not have been the will of God. If, if they get blessed and prosper, then it was the will of God. If not, it was the will of God for them to be poor. And I'm sorry, but that is just unacceptable in light of the Bible. Hmm? Go with me to Romans 12. I'm asking the question, how can we find the will of God? And how can we know the will of God? Is it true that everything that happens is somehow the will of God? I think not. Romans 12 and 2. Be not conformed to this world. But be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, prove, prove means test, and find out what? What are you going to find out? What is that good and acceptable and perfect what? Will of God. Now, if everything that happens is the will of God, Why do you need this renewal and testing and proof? You wouldn't need any of that because everything's the will of God. He's saying you got to get your mind renewed so that you think right. You got to learn some things and be taught and understand some things so that you can test everything that's around you and decide will of God. No, that's not the will of God. That's good. That's the will of God. That's sort of the will of God. That's halfway in. Oh man, that's the perfect will of God. That's absolutely not the will of God. Hmm? 
Are we supposed to learn how to discern and prove and test and find and prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Who's supposed to find out what the will of God is? You are. I am. Is it going to take a little doing? Yes, it is. You're going to have to have some changes in your thinking. Yes, you are. Your mind needs to be renewed. It's kind of like reprogrammed. Renewed means something was in there. Right? And we need it renewed. We need something else to go over it. That means there's going to be some changes in how you thought. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. 1 Thessalonians 4. I'm still talking about what, how do we find the will of God. Some people say everything that happens, good and bad, is the will of God. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 3 says this, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Is there any fornicating going on? Any adultery going on? Is it the will of God? When I see, you can't just pick and choose. If you believe that everything that happens with men and women's bodies in healing and sickness is the will of God, then why doesn't it apply over here too? What's the will of God? Control yourself. Possess your body. Don't have affairs. Don't be in fornication. Don't be in... That is the will of God. The Bible says very plainly. Is that happening everywhere? The will of God. Is that happening everywhere with everybody? No. Are there things happening on the earth that's not the will of God? Who's supposed to find out what the will of God is? We are. How are we going to find it? Need some mind renewal. Turn right on over here. Here's another verse that's similar to this. 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 Thessalonians 5 and uh, 18. Are you there? 5, 18. In everything give thanks, for this is what? Is everybody doing that? All the time and in everything giving thanks. Is there any griping going on? Griping and complaining, is that the will of God? How did we find out it wasn't the will of God? Right here. If giving thanks is the will of God in every situation, then griping can't be the will of God. If being saved is the will of God, being lost can't be the will of God. If being chaste and being faithful is the will of God, then affairs and adultery and fornication can't be the will of God. If being healed is the will of God, then being sick can't be the will of God. Oh, now there's a lot of folks with degrees and initials at the end of their name think it's more complicated than this. Of course, they got no scripture for it. And what they say they believe is inconsistent with other areas of their life. And besides that, they're hypocritical about it. Yes. Oh, yeah. 
In both the areas of healing and prosperity. If you do not believe in healing, then don't try to get healed. At least be honest about it. Don't go to the doctor. If you believe you're supposed to be sick and you're going trying to get better, then you're trying to get out of the will of God. (laughs) Well, I don't know whether it's the will or not. Well, you better find out. Because if it's really the will of God for you to be sick, then you and those doctors and all those nurses are out of the will of God. Trying to change the will of God for your life. Well, I, well, you either believe it or you don't. I don't believe in all that prosperity stuff. Well, then be broke. Be broke. If you really believe it's God's will for you not to have anything, then don't you do it. Don't you have anything. Practice what you say you believe. I know folks don't like that. But be consistent with what you say you believe. What's the will of God? Giving thanks. In everything. Go on over to Ephesians. The fifth chapter. Ephesians 5. Very important scripture right here. About this question. How can we know the will of God? How can we find it out? Ephesians 5. And 17. Read it out loud with me. Ephesians 5, 17. What does it say? Wherefore. Be you not unwise. But what? Understanding what the will of the Lord is. Is Are you supposed to find out and understand what the will of the Lord is? Or is it okay to be ignorant about it and go, well, we just don't know. We don't know. It's a mystery. And most things you just never will know. Well, where's the verse that says that? We got a verse here that says we're supposed to find out. Hmm? Listen to the Amplified. It says, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. What is the will of the Lord? What is the will of God? Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he is the Word made flesh that dwelt among us. Can you say amen? Amen. How many believe that this Bible that we have, the written word, is a manifestation of the living word? And that the Spirit of God expressed the will of the Father God through these words, through Jesus, through the words that are recorded about Him. Can you find the will of God in the Bible? If you can't, where are you going to find it? Now, I know this sounds simplistic, but I'm telling you, people have all kind of things they go to to find the will of God except the Bible. What is our final authority? What? I've had people say, well, now I just believe this is what I think. That doesn't matter. Well, I got just as much right to what I believe is what you do. No, you don't. Nor do I. 
Well, everybody's free to believe what they want to believe. And if that's what I believe, that's what I believe. If you are a Christian, I said, if you are a Christian, we've already been told what to believe. And it's not okay for you to just say, well, this is what I believe about it. Based on what scripture, on what word. How do we find the will of God? The Word of God. And that's another way of saying Jesus. The Word of God reveals to us the will of God. Jesus said, I didn't come of myself, but He sent me. He said, I don't speak of myself. What does that mean? Everything you ever saw Jesus do or heard Him say was a direct revelation of the unchanging will of God for all men for all time. So when we read that this man full of leprosy comes and says, Lord, I know you can do it if you will. And Jesus replies and reaches out and puts his hand on his sick body and says, I will. Does it mean anything to us? Hmm? The Bible said that if everything Jesus said and did was recorded, not even the world itself could contain all the books that should be written. We have a very, very, very small amount of what he said and did recorded. And this amount was hand-picked by God the Father, by the Holy Spirit, and manifested through his men. And he penned this. Why? Because this word is a historical, accurate account, but it is much, much more than history. It is God speaking to all mankind, revealing the will of God for everybody, for all time. If that had just been for that man, it wouldn't be in the Bible. Where you and I could read it and believe it today. The fact that it's there, and it's written and recorded numerous places, how are we supposed to take it? That if he said, I will, that's not just I will to that man on that day. That is the unchanging will of God for all men for all time. When he said, I will to him and had it recorded in here, it's an I will to you and to me. Can you say amen? Amen. Then why do we still have millions of people begging God to heal them if it would be his will? Because that's not good enough for them. They want something else. Well, how would you know it was God's will? Well, when I'm healed. Oh, you mean when you see it, you'll believe it. Yeah, it'd be too late to believe it. It'd be too late for faith. If you have to see it before you're going to believe it's his will, then you are refusing to have any faith. Faith believes it when it does not look like it's even possible. Just simply because he said it. God's will to heal. What is it? Let me read that to you again. Go back to it. Luke. Our text. Luke 5. The man said, if you will, you can. I know you can. Jesus said, I will. Listen to the living. It said, uh, the man said, sir, if you only will, 
You can clear me of every trace of my disease. Jesus reached out and touched the man and said, of course I will. Be healed. And the leprosy left him instantly. Of course I will. Be healed. Well, think about it. A man, a woman that comes sincerely before the Lord and says, Lord, I've messed up. I'm so sorry. I've sinned against you. But please, would you save me? Would you save me? What does he say? Of course I'll. That's why I went to the cross. What about a man or woman that needs deliverance from habits and problems? What's he going to say? Of course I will. Hmm? What about somebody that's oppressed in their mind? Well, that's why he bore the chastisement of your peace. Of course I will. Did he take your infirmities? Did he bear your sicknesses? Did he carry your pains? Is it as written by his stripes, his wounds, we're healed? Well, then of course he will. Of course he will. (laughs) Of course. Somebody said out loud, of course. Of course. He will. I mean, think about it. You're standing looking at Jesus being nailed to the cross and raised up. And he's bleeding. And you look up and you go, is it your will for me to be saved? I just don't know, Lord. Why is he there? What's going on? If it wasn't, all he had to do for us to be lost was nothing. And we'd all been lost. Why is he there? Well, he's tied to the whipping post. He's being scourged. And you look at him and go, is it your will for me to be healed? Why is he there? What's going on? Somebody say, of course. Of course course I will. Of course I will. I like that, don't you? Of course I will. It's men's confusion. It's the enemy trying to confuse people through ministers, through preachers, through people writing books that has confused it and muddled the issues through the years and through the centuries. Because if you read this gospel without your religious colored glasses on, you'll see that everybody that ever came to Jesus to be healed left Healed every one of them. There were no unlucky ones. There was no one that God was working something out in their life and told them they had to wait or it wasn't time or it was, it's not there. These are familiar phrases, but they're not in the Bible. They're men's fabrications trying to explain why things didn't happen. And it's proud men and women's explanations trying to get all responsibility off of themselves for anything. It's mighty convenient. Problem is, people stay sick. And they die young. And prematurely. And people talk about it was the will of God. And God needed another angel in the choir. And he took them. We don't know why. And it's not true. None of it's true. None of it's true. Now, if they were saved, glory to God, they're in heaven. That's great. But you don't have to be robbed of years in this life of good service and bearing fruit. How many believe you have a healer? Huh? Say it out loud. I have a Savior. 
and I'm saved. I also have a healer. And I'm healed. It is His will to heal me. Glory to God. <laughs> thank you, Master. Let me give you three reasons why Christians are sick and stay sick, remain sick. These are Christians now, not non-Christians, Christians. Three reasons, three main reasons. Number one is what we're already talking about. Number one, millions of Christians don't know that it is his will. For them to be healed, they still question it, they debate it, they don't know healing is bought and paid for, that it belongs to them just like forgiveness of sin. And if you don't know it, you're not going to claim it. And as long as you question his will on it, you cannot have faith. Brother F.F. Bosworth, author of the book Christ the Healer that we've used around here, he said, faith begins where the will of God is known. It's true concerning being born again when you knew God loved you and you knew he had paid the price for you and you knew it was his will to save you. You got faith to come and be born again. Well, you got to know that God's power can heal you and you got to know that it is his will for you to be healed and the price has already been paid. Many, many do not know that or if they've heard that, they didn't accept it. Secondly, what's been provided by grace must be received by faith. You've got to receive it actively. You've got to appropriate it with your faith. Just because somebody bought and paid for you a meal doesn't mean you're going to get full. Unless you go get it. Got to go get it. Got to go appropriate it. Thirdly, many people don't obey God and follow his perfect plan for their life. Remember we talked about what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And if you don't obey God, you're going to go down paths that you shouldn't have gone through. And how many know when you get off on the wrong road, you're going to go through towns and places that you would not have gone through had you been on the right road. And so a lot of people are going through a lot of stuff and it's bad and they're trying to say it's the will of God, but the truth is they're on the wrong road. But let's back up to the first one. First, number one, and number two. You know the will of God. You've got to receive it by faith. Go to Matthew 9. Matthew 9. And we'll also find uh, Mark 9. Matthew 9 and Mark 9. Matthew 9 and 27. When Jesus departed from there, Matthew 9, 27... Two blind men followed him crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them. Notice he didn't just heal them. Hmm? He talked to them. He asked them questions. Why? Does it matter what they think and what they believe and what they do? Or did the Lord just go around healing everybody indiscriminately of what they thought or believed? Some people try to say he did. To prove his deity. It's not true. Why ask him questions? Why look for a response? Why begin to uh, 
lead them in a direction for them to believe a certain thing. Because their faith is one of the biggest determining factors in whether they're going to be healed or not. To my Jesus now. What did he say? Do you believe I'm able to do this? Now see, the leper, he had that one settled, didn't he? Huh? He said, I know you can. If you will. These guys didn't have that one settled yet. That he, excuse me, they did, but it hadn't been expressed yet. So he says, do you believe I'm able to do this? I can. What'd they say? Yes, yes. Good answer. Good answer. Then what did he do? Touched them. Does he still touch people today? Oh, glory to God. Did you know you can get touched right in here tonight? Right in here tonight. You don't have to wait for any fast music. You don't have to wait for somebody, some man to touch you even. He can touch you right where you are, right in your seat. All you got to do is believe these words. I was teaching in healing school. Oh, this must have been 15, 18 years ago. And a little small group. It must have been 15 of us maybe. And uh, there was a lady. uh, We were more informal. And I'm teaching on some things about healing. And she looks up and she says, excuse me. I said, yeah. She said, does that mean that I just believe I receive my healing and I just believe I take it and I got it? I said, that's right. She said, that's all it is to it? I said, that's it. I said, Jesus already done the hard part. Didn't he? He did the hard part. He bought it. He paid for it. He bore your infirmities. He carried your pains. She said, okay. I went on teaching. I mean, no, I wasn't waving my hands and preaching real fast. There was no fast organ music. I'm teaching. And at the end, she came up. She said, look. <laughs> I said, what? She said, I forget how long. She said, my whole side of my body has been paralyzed. I hadn't been able to use that hand. She told me how long. I couldn't pick up anything. She said, look, 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 look. Oh, we shouted. We praised God. Nobody prayed a prayer for her. Nobody laid hands on her. But she got touched. What happened? She said, does that mean I just believe I take it right now and I got it? I said, that's what it says. She said, okay. So I said, it can't be that simple. How'd you get born again? How'd you get born again? Wasn't by jumping off the building. Wasn't by quoting the whole Bible. What was it? How long did it take? Hmm? You believed you received Jesus into your heart and your life. You you believed God had raised you from the dead. You confessed with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and glory to God. Well, if that's how quick... An old creature can become a new creation in Christ Jesus, which is a much, much bigger miracle than a physical body having some repair work done on it. Then the same principle will work, getting healed. He 
said, do you believe I'm able to do this? They said, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes and said, then according to my ability. You might think he'd have said that asking them that question, but he didn't. Then according to the will of God. No. Well, maybe that's not what it said, but everybody knows that really it's just up to his will. Don't change what Jesus said with your theories and opinions. How many know Jesus could have said whatever he chose to say right here? He could have said, then according to the will of God. He could have said, then according to the power that's on me. Couldn't he have said it? Then according to me being the son of God. He could have said any other things that would have uh, substantiated some of these folks' doctrines. But he didn't. What did he say? You believe I'm able to do this? They said, yeah, yeah. He said, then according to your faith, your faith, your faith. Somebody say, according to your faith. According to your faith, he said, be it unto you. Go to Mark 9. Mark 9. This man brought his son to the disciples. He was having seizures. They tried to do something with him and couldn't get him free. How many know a lot of people would have started a new doctrine right then? Hmm? They prayed for him. They worked with him. And he did not get free. They could have said, well, you know, it's not always the will of God. And we just don't know why. It's not here. They brought the same one to Jesus. And the man came and said. Verse 22. He said if you can do anything. Have compassion on us. And help us. Does he believe it's all up to Jesus? Is he putting the whole thing in Jesus hands and going Lord. If you can do anything. Isn't he? He thinks it's all up to him. What did Jesus say? Very next verse, what did he say? Well, if it's God's will. Hmm? No. What did he say? If you can believe all things are possible if it's God's will. He could have said it. All things are possible if you've got me here because I got the power. Because I'm the son of God. And I can do this, but you don't try this at home. Huh? Couldn't he have said something along that line if he had wanted to? What did he say? All things are possible to him that believes. Now, there are approximately 19 cases of individuals being healed in the gospel accounts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Depending on how you count them, there's more than that. There's several places where it says multitudes were healed. There's places where it says demoniacs were delivered. Malchus had his ear chopped off and got it. Anyway, if you look at the cases, though, where there's some detail, what happened to them and how they were healed, there's only about 19. But in 10 of the 19... Like, just like we just got through reading here, in 10 of the 19, the individual's faith was specifically referred to 10 different times just like this. Let me read it to you. Can you take it? Are you ready? With the nobleman's son, 
The Bible said the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him. He went his way. You see that the son, his boy, began to get better and was healed and made whole. The paralytic that they let down through the roof, the Bible said Jesus saw their faith. And he spoke to them. They were healed. The centurion servant, he said to the centurion, go your way. And as you have believed, so be it done to you. The woman with the issue of blood, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. The two blind men, you know, we just got through reading that, said he touched their eyes and he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. The ten lepers in Luke 17, he told them, your faith has made you whole. Blind Bartimaeus, he said, your faith has made you whole. The Syrophoenician's daughter, he said to her, woman, great is your faith, be it unto you even as you will. The man that had the lunatic son, we just got through reading here, he said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And his boy was healed. The Bible said with Jairus' daughter, he told him, don't be afraid, only believe. And he obviously did ten times out of the 19. Now, in six more of the 19, you can see their faith. It doesn't say your faith made you whole, but you can see it. What is conspicuous for its absence is any reference that it might not be the will of God, or it might not be time, or that it's up to God and nobody really knows how and why, and you just have to wait and see. Can you hear it? How many know any time ten times in the Bible the same thing is said over and over? We should be getting a clue. And what is the clue? Your faith will make you whole. How's it going to happen? According to your faith. According to what you believe. People don't like that. They don't want to hear that. They want to believe something else. But friend, if you want results, if you like to see miracles in your life, if you want to live and live long, you better get a hold of this and realize my faith makes the difference. Whether I, now we know that with salvation, what if somebody says, well, do you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Uh... Well, not really. I mean, it's just, does it make any difference if I believe it or not? (laughs) Yeah. But people are saying the same thing, aren't they? Well, does it make any difference if I believe whether it's his will for me to be healed or not? Isn't it just up to him? They're saying the same thing. Does it make any difference what we believe? Actually, it is according to our faith. According to our faith. That we're healed. Somebody say according to our faith. According to our faith. According to our faith. As you believed. So be it done to you. Your faith made you whole. According to your faith. That is the Bible. Why believe something else? How are we going to be healed? Tell me now. How are we going to be healed? According to our faith. Then why does everybody say it's according to the will of God? Now you do know we're in the minority. Believe in this. Why do millions only emphasize and say it's according to the will of God? Why didn't the Lord say that then? At least in a couple of these cases. Or how about even one? It's not in the Bible. So it's unscriptural. Amen. 
I know it's popular and widespread, but nonetheless, unscriptural, for it's not there. What is there? According to your faith, as you've believed. According to your faith. Your faith made you whole. Go in peace, be healed. Your faith did it. Jesus is talking. He said, your faith did it. Are you saying that my faith can make me whole? Absolutely not. I'm not saying it. Jesus said it. (laughs) Are you trying to tell us that our faith can make us whole? No, no. Jesus said that. Is it true? Ben, this is good news. I said, this is good news, this is good news, this is good news. What if they've run every test and they've exhausted every drug and they say, I'm sorry, but there's nothing we can do. (laughs) Can you still be healed? Yes, Yes, your faith. Your faith can make you whole. Oh, glory to God. And it's easier than you think. Somebody said, oh, I know, boy, that faith. Ooh, that faith. Boy, if you had enough faith, but faith's hard, ain't it? Ooh, it's hard to get faith. <laughs> it's easy. It's, it is so easy. Thank you, God. The devil wants you to think it's hard. And I tell you what, if you'll just come and sit here on Friday nights for a while and just stay awake, just stay awake. The Word of God is going to come and you're going to hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it and faith will come. Faith to be healed will come. You think so? No, I know so. If you'll come here and stay awake, faith will come. Faith to be healed will come. I know of whence I speak. I know it from the word. I've seen it from experience. Year after year. I've seen some of the most terrible diseases. I've seen people at death's door. Skin and bone. And can't talk and get up. I've seen, You can't say well you don't know how bad it is. I've probably seen worse. That's all I did for year after year after year. Day and night. I've seen it. I've seen people come back though. From death's door. I've seen them come like flowers in the sunshine, beginning to open up when the Word of God just came on them and rained on them and rained. I've seen them get stronger and stronger. I've seen them go back to their job. I've seen them go back home. I've seen them gain their weight back and live another 20, 30, 40, 50 years. I've seen it. I'm talking about hearsay. I've seen it again and again. And again and again. To my people that were yellow with jaundice, giant tumors protruding their stomach, purplish masses showing through the back of their skin, people on breathing machines that hadn't been able to eat solid food in months. Thinking of a guy right now, had a feeding tube in his, he got so much faith in him, he got to the place he pulled that tube out. And went to the Mexican restaurant. (laughs) And ate two Mexican dinners. Well after several months you get hungry you know. And it stayed down. And he just went on out from there. (laughs) Giving up to die. No hope. No hope. From the natural. Now what if he had just sat passively by and said well it's up to God. Whatever he wants. Well he'd be gone. 
It makes a difference what church you go to. It makes a difference what you believe. And what you hang around. Life and death. I am so glad. I am so glad. That God let us find out. Revealed to us in his precious Holy word that no matter who and no matter where and no matter how far gone and how bad and how hopeless that's looking up saying, Lord, I know you could do it if you would. We have heard from heaven. And it is written down in the holy word that heaven and earth is going to pass away, but it will never pass away. It cannot change. It cannot fail. We have heard from God. We have heard from heaven. And the answer is. I will, of course I will, be healed. Mm-mm-mm. Selah, let it soak in. Say it out loud, I've heard from heaven. I've got my answer. It's not what men think. It's in the Holy Word. He told me. It is his will. Glory to God. Glory to God. Bless the Lord. O my soul. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. What we're going to do then. From this point. Unless the Lord gives us another direction. We're going to begin giving you reason After reason, after reason, after reason, after reason, we're going to give you five reasons and ten reasons and fifteen reasons and twenty reasons and twenty-five reasons, and we're going to give you at least thirty reasons why we are sure it's God's will for you to be healed right now. Not theory, not opinion, not what somebody said and somebody thought. Scriptures. Scriptures. Are you ready? Of course, we can't do it all tonight, but. (laughs) Huh? Are you ready? Over the next weeks and months as the Lord enables you, are you ready to get this until it's built into your spirit? Till there's no more room for doubt and fear? Or sickness. The word of God has a pounding effect on your spirit. It does. He sent his word and healed them, the Bible said, and delivered them from their death and destruction. It comes into you and you see it. And then here comes some more. And then here comes some more. And here comes some more. You don't get established in God in life just by hearing half of a verse one time. By hearing and by hearing and by hearing. Let every word be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. How about 30? And I want to take my time. Is it all right with you? I want to take my time. You might say, is that all there is, 30? No, that's not all there is. But I don't know that we want to do this for the next 10 years. Or that we're supposed to. This is going to take a little doing, some time. And Hmm? Reason after reason. Go to Acts uh, 17, I think it is. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. 
Thank you, Master. Acts 17, and then also we're going to Proverbs 4. And I'm just going to introduce this to you. Perhaps we can pick up here next time and, and go further. Acts 17. This is something that the Bible says Paul did in synagogue after synagogue, the equivalent, you know, of a church in his day. Place after place where people got together, Jews and then believing Jews, and then there were Gentile Christians. Group after group, Acts 17 says when he came in, this is what he did. 17, 1, they passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, and they came to Thessalonica, and there was a synagogue of the Jews, and Paul, as his manner was. What does that mean? Did this all the time. This is his normal mode of operation. He went into them, and three Sabbath days did what? Reasoned with them out of the Scriptures. Now, so important that that last phrase is there. Reasoned with them. Don't stop there. What? Out of the Scriptures. Not just a matter of me, what I think, what you think, my opinion and your opinion. No, no, that don't cut it. Out of the Scriptures, reasoning. Now listen, what are we giving you? Reasons. Reasons out of the Bible, reason after reason after reason. If you say, well, Brother Keith, I've always been taught that sometimes it's not God's will. We love you. I'm not combative about it, but give me a few weeks. <laughs> Just stay with us. Hmm? And if somebody says, I don't believe it, don't be combative. Don't try to push it off on them and say, well, just listen to this. And if you still don't believe it, well, that's your choice. And if you can find scripture that contradicts all of this. But I am confident. <laughs> That you will have a tough time disputing all this. Reason. He reasoned with them out of the scriptures. Reason after reason after reason after reason. Until people that had been steeped in tradition that was contrary to the word of God. They heard him Sabbath after Sabbath after Sabbath. And there was so much revelation and so much scripture until they thought. That's right. I know we hadn't believed that all our life. But that is right. Well, there are many reasons in the word for us to believe that it's God's will for us to be healed. And we're going to go through them as the Lord would help us. Go to Proverbs, the fourth chapter. I think I can close with this. We'll just introduce this. Good. Get into it next time. Proverbs 4. Reason number one. Why we are sure. It's God's will for all to be healed today. Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4. Are you there? Proverbs 4 and verse 20. He said, my son, pay attention to my words. Tune your ear. Incline it to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life. They what? They what? His words are life 
unto those that find them and health, or the margin says medicine, to all their flesh. Reason number one, we are sure it's God's will for all to be healed today because God's word is medicine. God's word is medicine. Why are you saying that, Brother Keith? Well, are God's words for everybody? Huh? You say, well, it's not always God's will for people to be healed. God's words will heal you. Won't they? How does God work that then? If his words will heal you and somebody's getting a hold of his words, but it's not his will for them to be healed. Oops. Are God's words for everybody? Are God's words medicine to all your flesh? Then healing has to be for everybody. Oh, do you see this? If the word of God will heal you, it's like coming out with a, somebody's got deadly disease and somebody says, oh, we found a cure. We found a cure. This will heal you. Hmm? But don't take it. Because it might not be God's will for you to be. If you take it and it will heal you and it's available to you, everybody got enough sense to take it. Amen. Right? God's Word is medicine. Now, not just the healing verses. All his word. Man does not live by bread alone. But by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. What food is to the natural body, God's word is to your spirit. Oh, friend, get a hold of this now. Have you been experiencing some symptoms? Then you need to increase your medicine. What are you talking about? This. I'm talking about this. Yes, read your healing verses, but not just healing verses. Read Matthew and read Ephesians for dessert. I'm serious. And then read some more. Double up on your word intake. Triple up on your word intake. Come on now. Come on, increase it. Why? Because it is, didn't say it's like. Hmm? Didn't say it's similar to, what did it say? They are life to those that find them and health are medicine to all their flesh. Friends, that's why I exhort you all the time to read your chapter. So many Christians do not understand what this is to our spirit. Your mind doesn't have to understand all of it to get the benefit any more than you have to know the chemical makeup of a piece of cornbread or the molecular structure of a biscuit to get any nourishment and strength that you cannot have a clue. About what's in that piece of food and you can eat it and chew it up and swallow it and it does something when it gets in you. I said it does something. I mean your body's able to extract all these nutrients and chemicals. It'll give you strength. It'll help you, right? This is spirit food. This is healing medicine to all your flesh. Every verse, including the begats. Including descriptions about the promised land and land borders and names you can't pronounce. 
still is medicine. It's medicine to all your... That's why uh, don't neglect and get your Bible out. Read your chapter. But before you do, you say, Lord, I want to thank you for this word. It's life to me. It's medicine to all my flesh. And while I read it, I eat it. And while I read it and hear it, I'm taking my medicine. And you read it in faith. Believing that much more is happening in you than what you understand. How many know you don't have to have a clue what's in a tablet? You do not have to have a clue what's in that. Or how it works or why. You can just pop it in your mouth and swallow it. And it will start working in you. That's what this does. Mm, Thank God. And how many is this for? How many? How many? To say healing is not for everybody is tantamount to saying the word is not for everybody because his words will heal you. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. The Bible said the multitudes came to hear him and to be healed by him of all their diseases. And they heard and they were. These words heal. I said these words heal. These words heal. Every word of God. There's no word of God that's devoid of power. Everything that comes out of his mouth is rich with light and spiritual nutrition and life for your flesh. Can you say amen? amen. Anytime the word is preached, anytime the word is taught, anytime the word is read, there's life coming out of it. You know, all of us are wise to be in here tonight. Huh? It has a cumulative effect on you month after month and year after year. Hmm? God's will is that you come into these services and you read your chapter every day and you're in other good services and you are soaking in the Word of God. It's permeating you. It's getting in you and it does things to your immune system that will allow you to live another 30 years than you would have. Come on now. It's doing things to your glands. It's doing things to the marrow of your bone. I'm telling you, I've seen it. I've seen it. I don't think I'll ever forget. This is, again, about 15 years ago. I was in healing school, that same little class. And a guy came in the back, he and his wife. He wasn't that old, but he was skin and bone. And he was breathing. His breathing was so laborious. You could hear him all over the little room. It's very distracting. Everybody's turning around. I mean, he's trying to keep breathe. That's what he's trying to do. And his breathing is so raspy. And you think, I'm trying to preach, but you think, is he going to get that next breath? Or is he not going to make it? And you could tell he was a tall, big, strapping man, but he's down to nothing. I mean, he just, skin and bones. And when the service started, he's down like this over his chair. Just, I won't even try to make the sounds, but he's just trying to breathe. Couldn't even look at me. He's just like this. I was teaching that day on this very passage, Proverbs 4. His words are life to those that find them and health and medicine. To all their flesh. And I preached on it best I knew how. And taught on it. And I saw him. I'm telling you. One of the most spectacular things I've seen. He began to raise up. Off of his uh, lap. 
First of all, he's looking at me, still breathing. And then looking at me. And then little by little, little by little, little by little. I'm talking about 30 minutes, 40 minutes, little by little, little by little, until he's sitting there straight, not making any sound, looking at me. At the end of the uh, the session, I made a beeline to him. <laughs> I could see it all over him. I said, uh, hi. I said, I'm, you know, glad to have you today. He looked at me. He said, he said, I feel good. <laughs> I said, God's done something for you. And I said, I knew it. That's why I came back. He said, he said, I feel all tingly inside. I said, you do? He said, yeah. He said, and I'm hungry. His wife started crying. Tears of joy. What did that to him? What did that to him? He began to eat that word. The Bible said just like the tongue tastes food, the ear tastes God's words. He began to eat these words that we were reading out of the Bible. And it came in him. And it got in him. And I talked to him for 20 minutes. He hardly knew anything about the Bible. I prayed the prayer with him to make sure he was born again. The further we went, he was so not knowledgeable of God. But I never forget him going... Mm. He said, it's all tingly inside. I said, glory to God. He said, now I'm hungry. What did that to him? I'm telling you, it's doing that to people right now tonight. It's doing it, and this is just the beginning. You talk about healings, my friend. We're going to have healings. We're going to have healings in this series. Because it's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. When you preach on prayer, you pray. When you preach on tithing, you tithe. When you preach on healing, you have healings. Oh, we're having healings. Say it out loud, we're having healings. We're having healings. Oh, glory to God. We're having healings. We're having healings. 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 Stand up on your feet. Say it out loud. Said out loud, healing power is at work in this place. The Word of God is life to us, medicine, healing, health to all our flesh. Healing power is at work in us. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.